This is Chasing Eternity, Season 1, Episode 11. Welcome back to Chasing Eternity. I am your host, Chris Croats, joined by my co-host, Adam Oldham. How are you doing today, Adam? I'm doing all right, Christopher. It's summer, it and it, I was in the school today doing a little bit of work. It's very different during the summer. Nobody's there. I'm sure. Uh, it was it was a pretty quiet, calm day, uh, but no major complaints. What about you? How was your day? It's been relaxing. Um, I had to re-record my sermon from Sunday. Mm. We had a technical difficulty, and so... Uh, the sermon wasn't able to be recorded, so I went and preached to a, a room full of nothingness. Ah. Which is the second time that I've preached that sermon to, to no one. Because I, I, practice. I practiced, and then I preached it on Sunday, and then I preached it today to the to the same nothingness. We have a, a call in. No, I'm joking. <laughs> Sorry about that. I need to silence my phone. Um, well, let's get started off here. I have the quote of the week. The quote of the week. We need to get some like cool quote of the week music. Do we? To come in there to introduce I'll work that. On, I'll work on that. Maybe maybe for season two. Maybe for season two. Yeah. Yeah. When all the money starts rolling in, we can we can do stuff like that. There you go. <laughs> quote of the week. It's a short one, but a good one. It says, "Imagination is more important than knowledge." By Mr. Albert Einstein. Hmm. Imagination is more important than knowledge. Yeah. Hmm. This is another one of my uh, brainy quote. Brainy quotes? It sounds just, like a brainy quote. I just uh, uh, quotes about imagination. I figured as much. <laughs> my reaction to this right away is almost an eye roll. Uh, quotes like Uh-oh. this are often presented in contrast to... Not, not knowledge, but you know the the normal way of understanding things, convention, um, the way things are meant to be, or we have done for a long time. People will come and say, "Oh, but let's think differently. Let's, you know, be creative. Think outside the box." After all, imagination is more important than knowledge, right? <laughs> and so those are, that's what comes to my mind immediately as you say this quote. Um, and I don't know if I'm okay with my reaction to that. I, I feel that I am often skeptical as a person who is more, I guess, intellectual uh-huh. um, to hear. And I laugh that Albert Einstein is the source for this because, well, of course, if a really smart guy like him says it, it's gotta then be right. it's got to be right. If he's um, uh, you know, valuing imagination over knowledge, right. well, he was really smart. Well, and I think that's just it. Imagination does have value. And to say that it has value over knowledge, in my perspective, I would say they're both valid and they're both important. Um, I find it interesting that sometimes uh, a swaying one to the other, focusing more on imagination and less on what is known and understood and observable um, can bring interesting things and good things, but also not so good things Mm -hmm. because we're not paying attention to what we know to be true. Um, We're maybe focusing on what could be or what might have been rather than the facts. But swinging too far the other way can become very cold and very regimented and Mm -hmm. there's no flavor. Uh, to whatever it is that we're working on. So I think this quote is a good snapshot of our discussion today, and I think some of the themes that will come up. So what are, what are your yeah. thoughts? So you picked this, obviously, through deep research oh, yes. on, on the thoughts of imagination. <laughs> well, I, I picked the quote after I got kind of my thoughts together for what we're going to talk about today. And 
the idea of imagination kept on coming up. And so I was like, okay, I should pick a quote on imagination then. Uh, but I do find this quote a little hyperbolic, mm. you know, like a lot of things that are structured like this quote is. Um, also, the there's two types of people in this world. There's, you know, this type of pe- person and this type of person. It's like, well, I mean, I mean, sure, if you want to, you know, view the world in this very narrow scope, sure, we can say that. But you can do that with anything. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't really it doesn't really tell you anything mm-hmm. right there's two types of people in this world there's people that like nuts in their chocolate and there's ones that don't like nuts in their chocolate mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. like okay but what does that yeah. what does that tell us really is one more important than the other well yeah. nah, they're just different exactly exactly and well like the relationship of imagination and knowledge especially with the context coming from albert einstein right i you kind of it kind of puts it in the scope of okay you know maybe what I originally thought was, okay, knowledge can only take you so far before you need to start thinking about different ways to use said knowledge. Yeah. I but with that. all things, I think balance is key. Balance is key. and All be- things, you know, you think about uh, religion or Bible-related, it's very easy to latch on to one thing. And although you can say, well, it's in the Bible, hmm. it's... You need to view it in its context right? and in life. And not just even with that, but with the scriptures, there's the balance between, well, knowing what the Bible says and being able to apply what the Bible says. Yeah. Like you can have so much application of instructions in the Bible, like love your neighbor, take care of the poor, help the sick. Uh, you can be so focused on the application of that that you don't really pay attention to the more doctrinal, mm-hmm. knowledge-based belief uh, of certain things and vice versa where you become so uh, caught up in the doctrine and understanding what right and wrong and the truth is that you're not actually doing anything with it yeah um, so this is a good conundrum i'm looking forward to discussing this in context of our topic all right and so that brings us to our discussion for the day as we're talking about imagination uh, we we're trying to think of some uh, chasing eternity-esque topics that we haven't covered yet we've talked a lot about a, a lot of movies a lot of music Um, sports, different things like that, books, but we haven't really touched on other modes of entertainment like this one. And when it comes to imagination and creativity, uh, those two words just jump to life when we talk about Legos. Absolutely. And Chris and I are both avid adult fans of Lego, (laughs) and we have Legos in the room with us right now here in his office. We do. Uh, Now, I guess back in their proper place. Yes, they're no longer vandalized. Yes. He had a Lego vandal, apparently, (laughs) come into his office. The risks of being a preacher they don't tell you about in the classroom. I know. know. Um, But Legos, creative, entertaining tools, uh, used them for education, used them for play. They've been around for a long time. They've gone through a lot of different iterations. There are all kinds of themes, all kinds of shapes and sizes, but Lego. And this is a phenomenon that was most recently captured in the blockbuster hit, The Lego Movie, uh, which was gi- a gigantic success uh, among viewers of all ages. Uh, Lego Batman just came out. I think it likewise did pretty well. Uh, I haven't seen that one. Have I have seen not it? seen that one either. And you would think that as an adult fan of Lego, I would be rushing to see it. Uh, but I was not a Batman fan like in terms yeah. of growing up. like If it was on TV, I'd watch it, I guess. But I was not into Batman. Um, superheroes, that would be another interesting topic for a future uh, conversation. Make a note of that. All right, right. so back to Lego. Um, (laughs) 
Legos really bring out a lot of very interesting things in us as people. Uh, they make Legos for little people, the Duplo, which are the big blocks that are too big for kids to swallow. Uh, and then they work their way up through the ages. They make slightly more complex sets. There's Lego Junior, there's the regular Lego, and even for adult fans, they make these gigantic sets with lots of intricate pieces and parts, oh, yeah. uh, the Technic parts uh, that are more expert level, which require significant more ability to build than the average child would have. And so I know for me personally, I collect Star Wars Legos in particular. They give me a lot of joy. I have, I have a number of friends that do the same. You are one of them. Yeah. Um, but what is it about these little pieces of plastic, Chris, that just pull everyone in and pull this really interesting, creative, imaginative side of us out? I've been thinking about it all day. Um, and I had to address something about myself oh. that I didn't think was there. Uh-oh. See, my personality type, I'm very... I don't know, kind of fly by the seat of my pants. Just kind of whatever happens, happens. Mm -hmm. Let's just let's just do it. Let's mm. let's do this thing and see if it see if it works. But the side of me that I think Legos really speaks to is the opposite of that. Mm. Where uh, the side that craves order mm. and uh, you know wants to be creative, but not in a kind of uh, crazy uh, n the where I'm normally at is you know I want to be creative and I just start doing stuff I start writing things down and see where it leads me whereas this is much more planned mm. and thought out because mm. I think back a lot of my Legos uh, Lego memories aren't from recent day but in my childhood mm. where you know, my parents got us Legos, me and my two brothers. They got us a bunch of Legos, normally sets that eventually would be torn down and, you know, repurposed and, re, you know, built into something else. And during that time, I remember we had this big tub of Legos and we would sit, especially on like snow days, right? We would sit, we'd dump out the bucket and then we would just start making stuff. Mm. And what me and my brothers normally did is we like to make spaceships. Spaceships that could, you know, fight each other mm. and, you know, make a, a base and stuff like that. But I remember of uh, that it couldn't just be like random parts. They all had to be one color. Mm. And if I couldn't find, you know, like two uh, wings or two complementing wings mm -hmm. in the same color, then it's like, okay, well, I have to start. I have to do something else. Oh. I can't do this. Interesting. Or you know, like I don't know, like uh, the canopies or the the stuff. If it, if they didn't match, or even if it wasn't color, it was like, okay, I'm gonna make these parts of the wings this different color, hmm. so I can you know, that's the things you have to do as a kid when you can't just go out and buy right. new parts. Right. If I couldn't find complementing pieces, it was like no. This is the way that it has to be. And that is so different and so opposite from the rest of my life. I don't hmm. know why just this one area involving Legos hmm. is so, I don't know, just like I want order to it. I want, uh, and that's what I get the most enjoyment out of now hmm. is following the instructions hmm. Hmm. of like, you know, looking at what, uh, you know, what pieces are added to this picture, finding the pieces, hmm. and then... You know, it's like following it step by step. I get, there's some enjoyment that I get out of that. Oh, yes. There's a lot of enjoyment. I, I can definitely empathize with that. Um, as a counselor, and I'm assuming as a minister this would be similar, 
we work a lot in the realm of ideas and people. Yeah. And so to see tangible results of our work sometimes, it's hard to measure or look at the end of the day, like, look what I did. Uh, unlike a carpenter or a mason that can build and spend their day constructing something that mm -hmm. tangibly there exists that was not before. And so I find pleasure in being able to see tangible results of my work. And so with Legos, it's very easy to start with kind of nothing, disorder, chaos, and work your way towards a completed final product, um, which again is very satisfying, which is funny because it's almost the opposite for me as a child that you expressed. I had a big table down in my basement where I put all my Legos and they were just kind of in a big pile and it was the junkyard, that's what I called it. <laughs> and so out of the junkyard, I would make these little bases and ships and things, but it was kind of anything and everything. Uh, some would be multiple sets clumped together, some would be completely self-created. Mm -hmm. I didn't so much care then what they looked like, I just enjoyed the stories that I would create for my little characters in my Interesting. mind. And as I've gotten older, uh, I'm realizing that, and again, this is an interesting psychology of myself, I care more about what the things look like than I did when I was younger. Um, I'm finding that I am not as creative as I would like to be. I try, I'm like, oh, I'll sit down and I'll make something with my Legos just without instructions. And it always ends up looking kind of lame or not not <laughs> structured or, or crisp or clear. Uh -huh. It's like, all right, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna put these away and I'm gonna go back to the instructions. And I, I find that with Legos, for me, I tap into what you just expressed too, the idea of, you know, I have lots of ideas and things throughout the day and I'll jot them down and I've got like 30 projects going on all at the same time. Yeah. But with Legos, I can sit down, I can start a project and I can feel that creative energy going as I put it together and there is a product. It ends, many of my projects don't end, they're just constantly going on and on. Yeah. And I never really get to the conclusion because once I get to the end of it, it either continues on to something else or builds into something larger. But with Legos, I can be done with it and put it to the side. Mm -hmm. And so I think uh, there's a, a sense of desire to complete in that that I really tap into. And so as we think about this, Chris, you know, we talked a little bit about how it was challenging to say, well, this is definitely a piece of, a form of entertainment that not just you and I, but millions of children and adults across the world really enjoy every day. Um, there are Legoland theme parks. I just got back from Philadelphia here in Pennsylvania where they just put in a Discovery Center, uh, which is phenomenal. I highly recommend anyone go visit that uh, where you can go and you can you know, see all these different Lego pieces. You can build stuff. You can see all these beautiful creations of Philadelphia that they have created in Lego form, which is beautiful. And so this is a popular thing, you know, billions of dollars every year in, in the economy. Uh, so what, what are some of the spiritual implications uh, that this speaks to in people? Why, why do we as people Ooh. find ourselves pulled to this? I'm gonna bring out the I word again. Uh-oh. Identity. Okay, <laughs> let's see if you can explain it. Uh, you know, it goes back to you know we're creating the image of God, um, and I was I was thinking about talking about that, but I've talked about it so much. Of you know we're creating the image of God. God is a is a creative being. Mm. You, you can't you can't look around the world and not see that mm. in the universe, right? And not see that uh, God is creative, mm. and what He does, he, He's far more creative than we will ever be. If you look at how. You know, like some of the stuff in the world that's just like, you know, how did like how did we get that? You mm. know, you look at some of the animals and just some of their characteristics and it's like, you know, who would think up this thing? Mm. Um, whereas, you know, human beings were much more limited in our creativity 
um, because we're much better at deconstructing and, and reconstructing things than God is at just creating from nothing, from nothing. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't want to talk about that too much because I've talked about that plenty. Uh, what I want to focus on is more about uh, the dynamics of uh, girls and boys. Because I have both in my house. Right, right. I have uh, really, I guess, all my kids like Legos. It's just, it, it, it differs based on their age, I mm-hmm. guess, and their ability to understand mm-hmm. and create. Um, but the, I remember growing up, at least for the way that I perceived it, is that Legos were a very boy thing. Mm. Boys had Legos, you know, girls had dolls mm. um, and stuff like that. But now there's an, an entire line of girl Legos. Mm-hmm. They're, what, it's Lego friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and my girls love it. Mm. They, they love these, these Lego sets, which I get enjoyment out of just watching them enjoy it. Mm. Even though the stuff that they build, I'm like, really? Mm-hmm. Like, you're building a... Uh, a rock star camper thing <laughs> or you know they're mm. building a uh what is it a, a veterinary pet house or something like that and i'm just like this is just not it's not getting me mm. you know right. <laughs> if it's, i saw that i would be like spacey mm, enough right yeah like no like nothing blows up you, yep, you know yep. you can't fly it and, you mm-hmm. know what is this thing um which i didn't really think about until today hmm. because we're doing this episode of why is that and of course my son gabriel he wants nothing to do with the lego friends hmm. you know it's like look these are obviously girl legos i want something that flies or shoots or rolls hmm. um that has you know action implied in it and i was thinking okay what is the difference between these two sets because it's not just aesthetics it's not just the way that it looks and i think it's that girls are much more interested in relationships Mm -hmm. it's lego friends Hmm. right it's about these girls and how you know they get in there's even a tv show about it right Mm -hmm. and they they go off on adventures and stuff like that whereas myself and i can see it in my son it's much more about i want to create this thing and just kind of look at it Mm. you know yeah (laughs) like wow i made this and so i don't know i don't know what that says about us and of course you know when you start talking about gender roles and stuff things kind of get tricky because it's not 100 percent this way but i just think that's interesting Mm. that even though you know the pieces are the same Mm mm-hmm what you can create out of them speak to two different needs or genders or, or whatever. Hmm. And I think it's interesting. Yeah, it's very interesting how we assign different meanings to very similar things. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, when we talk about identity and meaning, I, I find it very interesting that there is, you know, there are boy Legos and girl Legos. It's always been that way since I was young. You know, they have the pink and the purple uh-huh. and the white and the, the pastel colors for yeah. girls. And the boys are the more, well, these are just the colors. And there's space things and there's military things and there's the Wild West. And I think there is an element that we need to be mindful of that we're not necessarily telling children, well, you can only be this way mm-hmm. or that if you want to be able to play with the Legos, here are the ones for you. But there is something again, spiritual about some of the themes that that men and women and boys and girls feel more connected to uh, as a whole, not necessarily for everybody, but as a whole, uh, which could be a whole other uh, conversation about about gender and gender roles in our culture. 
Um, but something that I find interesting too in in Lego stuff, to me, in terms of why I find them so appealing, I, I find that there is a desire to understand how things are made. Okay. Uh, kind of like how you just said, like you, you and your son like to build them and just kind of stand and look at them. And it's like, wow, that's so cool. Yeah. And stand in all of it. And that's what I think most people, you build the set, it's there, it's neat, it's cool. And we observe it, it was neat because it wasn't there before. We put something together that was not form, was not previously there. And I think that speaks to a desire that we have to not just create, but also understand how things come to be and to be part of that process. Oh, that's good. I didn't think yeah. about that, but you're yeah. right. Yeah. I'm I know I'm right. Very, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I am very interested in how things work. That um, that show on Discovery Channel, uh, How It's Made, mm -hmm. right? Uh, I think that's still around. Today. I don't know if it is. Yeah. But. Um, I love that show. Mm -hmm. I can just sit there and watch it. That's another like HGTV thing. Like you can just put it on and be like, I'm not really, you know, like, uh, you know, I'm not really invested in this, but mm -hmm. that's kind of cool. Okay. That's how they make guitars. Oh yeah. I didn't know that before. Yeah. Now I do. It's fascinating. I, my son, my little almost two year old son likes Mr. Rogers now. And the other day we watched a rant, a Mr. Rogers one, which they were like, Hey, we're going to talk about how you make paper books, like how books come to be. And it's like, all right, Mr. Rogers, that's kind of random, but okay. And it walks you through this whole process, and you're like, oh, I mean, in your office right now, there's, there are bookshelves full of books. But to sit and go, how did that book actually come into existence uh -huh. through the assembly line? Because they didn't just print one. They probably printed thousands of that at one time. How do you do that? It's interesting to know how something goes from being really nothing to something. And I think Legos not only allow us to, with instructions, go step by step from here's a pile of just random anything with really no meaning assigned to it. Because again, boy Legos and girl Legos, aside from maybe some colors, are pretty much the same. Yeah. You know, a two by two brick looks the same, whether it comes from a boy bucket or a girl bucket. We learn what they mean as we build. And the completed product of that too also speaks that it came from something. Mm -hmm. For example, a completed Lego set doesn't just accidentally happen. Uh, in the big tub of Legos that you had, I had a big tub of Legos too, I still do. I mean, occasionally stuff gets stuck together as it just kind of sits there in the box, mm -hmm. but you don't dump it all in the box and shake it up and then you pull out you know, a starship. Um, that doesn't happen by accident. A starship would mean someone sat down and pulled the pieces and put them together in a particular order. Yeah. And I think this has been a very common argument over history of, of the evidence of a creator in our own world. Um, is it possible that you throw a bunch of mass together and stuff starts to orbit it because of the way gravity works and those kind of things? Well, maybe I guess some of this could happen by random chance, I guess. But when you see the diversity of life and the diversity of, of all kinds of things in our, our environment, in our world, this stuff just doesn't happen by accident mm -hmm. or chance. And so it would be like, again, someone coming across you know, a fallen log in the woods. Well, that would be expected because, oh, look, this tree looks like the other trees here. It fell over. You would not walk along in the woods and find a random boat sitting there and go, huh, I'll, oh, I'm standing in the boat forest. I guess trees turn into boats when they fall over. That, that doesn't happen. Yeah. And so a completed Lego product is evidence of a Lego creator, which is a series that they have. So somebody put this together nature and the physical world around us seems to operate in a very similar way. The scriptures talk about God's invisible attributes having been made manifest from the beginning. Uh, we can look around and see evidence of design in creation and I think that element of wanting to know where things come from really taps, at least for me, 
into the appeal of Legos because I get to see nothingness turn into something. Yeah. And not just something, but something functional. Yes. Right? I think about in the Lego movie, the double-decker couch, Mm -hmm. right? (laughs) His great creativity. (laughs) Imagination, Albert Einstein, is a double-decker couch. (laughs) Yes. Oh, that it has has function to it, right? Like, we don't see in in nature in you know the physical world of you know just randomness there's there's function to it right um and uh you know in contrast to what's his name it's uh lord business no no the (laughs) the the protagonist his name is it's like wes or emmett emmett all right i knew it was one of those like westerny chris did tell me he saw the lego movie i'm taking him at his word i've seen the movie emmett and his creations they seem like they have no functionality until they do Mm um but i guess the other thing that for me that you know what points to eternity is just creativity Mm-hmm. in general you know wanting to be creative and i can't i would be hard pressed to find a, a more accessible raw form of creativity mm. out there mm-hmm. you know like i was thinking about this of like uh, relating it to the matrix right it was like where you can just create anything mm-hmm. um and with legos you can you can you know, you see, you have your tub of Legos, and you can build almost anything. Mm. But it's different for every every person that sits down with those Legos. It's mm-hmm. not like you sit down with these Legos and you can only create this one thing. It's whatever that person feels like making, and that is creativity. Mm-hmm. Of you're not stuck into you're not stuck in the box of okay, these can only make this. Mm. They can make anything. Mm-hmm. And even growing up with two brothers, and we were very into Legos, it was very obvious, okay, that is a Derek spaceship, or that mm-hmm. is a Chris spaceship, um, because we're just, we're different people, and we th- see things and value things differently. Mm. And uh, we're getting really deep here mm-hmm. talking about Legos, Adam. Oh, yeah. Well, I think what you said, the idea that wh- whoever approaches the Legos assigns meaning to it, and that's an individual experience, whoever yeah. that person is. That's what makes them so appealing. Because again, there's such replay value to these things. I mean, you can build, if you get a set that has 300 pieces in it that makes a little, a plane, okay, well the plane is great, but you can take those 300 pieces and do a lot with it. Yeah. Um, and that's what makes them so appealing. Anybody can really create something with it. Even if you're not good at it, you can stick them together and you can yeah. turn something very different uh, than what the box originally said. I mean, there are, there are tens of thousands, even into the millions of combinations of very small, simple pieces of Lego. There, I mean, the possibilities are endless, which yeah. is really cool. Um, and just to that, my, my last real thing that appealed to me and the Lego movie tapped into this a little bit is the idea, kind of a contrast between following instructions and there's a place in the Lego movie called Cloud Cuckoo Land where everything just kind of happens. There are no instructions. Yeah. Nothing makes oh, sense. Boy. And... It's a, it's a contrast that I think is helpful because sometimes people criticize the church as being too rigid, as being too by the book, and well, you're not you're not with the times. You need to catch up with the culture around you, and you know within the church, I would say as a whole, and that's that's painting with a very broad paintbrush. We would say, yeah, well, we shouldn't let culture tell us what we need to do. We're going to stick to the old way, and that's mm-hmm. the way it's supposed to be. We're following the instructions. But I think going back to our original quote, we can swing too far to one 
extreme and to the extreme of knowledge to the extreme of tradition to the extreme of whatever of following the instructions mm -hmm. to where we're not practical we're not applying what yeah. we know um, we're not doing anything with these instructions other than just creating these little things that sit and don't really perform a purpose yeah um, cloud cuckoo land is another perfect example my junkyard would be another example where in terms of the meaning that any of these things I created has, it's really so unique to me that nobody else could really look at it and go, oh, I understand what you're trying to say. Um, and there are certain things that God laid down for us in the scriptures to make clear so that we can know. John says that he was writing in 1 John 5.13 so that we can know that we've been saved. There are certain elements of our faith, there are certain elements of the instructions we've been given that are tied to what it means to be a Christian. Yeah. Just like in the, the, the plane set of 300 pieces, yes, there is a plane, yes, you can make it anything else, but these pieces were put together in this box and packaged in this box to make a plane. Mm -hmm. And so there's a balance between just kind of outright creativity without structure and structure without any real flavor or passion of human creativity. Absolutely. Uh, and you use the key word there, balance. Mm -hmm. Whereas uh, I think our, our church here in Carlisle, I think we, we're pretty good. We're not perfect by any... No, no church is. Uh, but I, I definitely know of churches that, you know, it's like, well, we can't be creative because this is the way that it's always been done. Mm -hmm. And we will continue to do it this way, even though, you know, the things that are left up that are opinion mm -hmm. could change to make it more appealing. They choose not to because, mm -hmm. well, this is tradition. But we're not going to get into a, a tradition uh, discussion here because we're almost out of time. Yes. Um, but very quickly, um, let's do some shout outs here. It's been a good discussion on Lego. Mm -hmm. uh, let us know what your feelings are on Lego. If you have any memories uh, you'd like to share, if not share it with us, you can share it with someone else. Yes. And one thing that I hope for those of you that are listening, and we know that right now our appeal is a small localized number of listeners. Uh, we do hope that you will share this conversation, not just you know with yourself, but maybe with the people around you. The whole intent of this podcast is to start conversations, to yeah. reflect on the things in your life. I mean, for this conversation, Chris and I, we even said when we sat down, man, thinking about Legos, like what's the spiritual appeal to this? I don't know. I really had to think about that. Mm -hmm. Well, that's something that, at least in Chris and my life, it occupies a space of our time and money and resources. And so we're hopeful that this podcast will help you find what it is about the things you have in your life that are appealing and what the spiritual maybe connection is yeah uh, because that's what God wants us to be he wants us to be reflective and uh, we want all of us to be more reflective of the spiritual part of our world yeah. so we hope that it's been a good conversation it's been fun for us yeah why do you do what you do why do I do what I do mm. why do I buy what I buy yes all questions that I think when you get to the core of it really can tell you something about yourself mm -hmm. and just in the, the 11 episodes that we've done I've learned a lot about myself hopefully you have too mm -hmm. I want to give a quick shout out to Strong Church uh, for hosting this also if you haven't checked out our sister podcast uh, the Overcome uh, Porncast uh, talks about porn addiction if you need help go listen to some of our episodes over there um, I co-host that with Jack Dodge and Jack also has another a podcast called The Trend. Uh, go check that out. I think they talked about the London bombing mm -hmm. uh, very recently. Um, and uh, so if you want to 
look at some of the spiritual applications of that. Go check it out. Also, his other podcast, Technically Speaking. Uh, my last shout-out is to my brother, Derek. Hmm. Uh, once I uh, I smashed one of his Legos. Oh. He did something that I didn't like, and so I smashed that Lego right in front of his face mm. with my foot. It didn't feel good, but it did feel good, mm. if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And I went back to my room, and he, like, flying kicked my door. <laughs> like, you know, growing up in an Asian house, you got to watch out for those flying kicks. I they guess. can happen whenever. Um, and uh, he left, a, in, like, an indentation in my door, and just going back to my house... A, f- uh, a month ago, that indentation is still there. Wow. I thought about that. I was like, I remember that day. But that's my wow. shout out. Derek, love you. Uh, uh, he just had a, a new baby boy, too. So mm, congratulations. Congr- yeah, congratulations. Adam? Yeah, just speaking of that, I mean, that strip was obviously important to him, which is why he felt the need to protect it or defend it against your assault. Uh, I will similarly give a shout out to my wonderful Ash- wife, Ashley, and my son, Lucas. Uh, Lucas, the other day, again, he's almost two years old, uh, did something that helped me kind of take a step back and reflect on my priorities. I just bought the Saturn V uh, Lego space model that they mm-hmm. just released. It's a beautiful piece of it art. It looks awesome. It is so incredible. It has completely reinvigorated my love of space and of the space program. Uh, an incredible set. If you have the opportunity to get it, it's wonderful. Anyway, I had the box. It was sitting in the living room. I was looking at it. Luke walked over. He was trying to play with the box, like knocking it over, and I kept telling him, stop. And he knocked it over, and then he sat down on it, and it crushed part of the box and put this big indentation in it. And of course, when it happened, like my heart sank. <gasps> I took this deep breath and I'm, and I'm like, what? And I got up and I walked out of the room because I'm like, I don't want to yell. And then as I was out of, out of the room, I thought, why would I yell about this? This is this is a silly thing. It's, in, it's something that's important to me, but is it so important that I would let that get in the way of a relationship I have with my not even two-year-old son uh-huh. to yell and lose my temper? And it really helped me kind of take a step back and go, huh. Uh, you know, not, this is important, but it's not the most important thing. Yeah. And uh, he made up for it. Him and his mom took me to the Lego Discovery Center in <laughs> Philadelphia uh, yesterday. So, uh, shout out to both of you for being awesome. And I hope, <clears> Luke, <throat> you will learn to love Legos like I have. You gotta, you gotta teach him appreciation That's for these cool, things, right? Take him to the Lego Discovery Center. That's right. Absolutely. We're getting, we got really introspective today, mm, Adam. Yes. This is amazing what Legos can do. I'll tell you what, imagination. Mm. Anyways, thank you for tuning in. We will see you next time.